Hebrews chapter 11, verse 30 and 31. It says, by faith, the walls of Jericho fell down after being marched around by the Israelites for seven days. By faith, Rahab, the prostitute, welcomed the spies in peace and didn't perish with those who disobeyed. Let's pray over the word. Father, thank you. Thank you for your word. Thank you that it's truth that we can hold in our hands, that you open our eyes today, Lord, to the wonders of it and incline our ear to what you would say. Holy Spirit, I thank you that you have uh, made this word alive and it's alive to us and it's a benefit to all of our flesh from the inside out. Every part of us benefits uh, from your word. And I pray that you would translate unto each heart today as we have uh, need. Lord, if there's something I was supposed to say and miss it, uh, I thank you that you are able to fill in that gap. And I thank you that you are gracious to us in your word today. In Jesus name. Amen. So we've been on a series about living by faith out of Hebrews chapter 11. Um, I had been seeking the Lord. I had on my heart for a while to do a series that would get over into what we call some of these Bible stories. Right. I'm like, Lord, I really I really would love to get over into these, but I also like to to teach out of a, a section of scripture and, and stay there. Right. Exposition there, verse by verse. Right. I love that. Sister Doris taught me that and I've loved it ever since. I was like, I don't know why people don't do this. This is the best. And so when I was in my Bible reading, I got to Hebrews chapter 11 and I kept finding like, here's a story. Oh, here's another one. Oh, here's another one. Oh, here's that. It's like, Lord, this is opening this up. So I'm just so thankful for him doing that. If we walked through uh, learning from so many of these Old Testament uh, men and women of faith, because Hebrews 11 tells us the righteous or the ones that are in right standing with God will live by faith or it's by faith that will even be alive. And we know that faith isn't just believing in God because even the demons do that and shudder, right? That's what uh, it says in the book of James, that you believe in God. Well, good for you. The demons do that. But do you believe, do you believe God? Do you believe that he is? Do you believe that he is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him? Do you believe that he is good? Do you believe what he says about himself? Do you believe what he says about you? And we see this played out over and over in these stories that we've gone through. And today we're going to talk about the walls of Jericho and Rahab, the prostitute. It's one of the more well-known stories in the Old Testament, the, the especially well-known stories in the Exodus, the walls of Jericho coming down, right? That's something that we're familiar with. It's kind of a spy thriller. Uh, we've been, uh, for the previous few weeks, we've been talking about Moses. I think we had three weeks there on Moses. There was a lot of time given to him there in Hebrews chapter 11. And we know that he led out by the spirit of God, the Israelites from bondage and slavery in Egypt after the Lord delivered them himself without them having to swing a sword. He defeated uh, the one of the biggest nations, most powerful nations at the time, brought them to the bank of the Red Sea, delivered them through that, defeated their enemies and their own on their way to the promised land. Now, if we had time to go through it, we would find out that due to their own disobedience, that generation didn't get to enter into the land that God had promised them, including Moses. Moses didn't get to enter into the land that God had promised because of disobedience. Um, but God had 
a plan. And we'll see that begin in the book of Joshua, chapter 1. And I'm going to read some of the first verses there of Joshua, chapter 1. After the death of Moses, the Lord's servant, the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant. Moses, my servant, is dead. Now you and all the people prepare to cross over the Jordan to the land that I'm giving the Israelites. I've given you every place where the sole of your foot treads, just as I promised Moses. Your territory will be from the wilderness in Lebanon to the great river, the Euphrates River, all the land of the Hittites and west of the Mediterranean Sea. And this is what the Lord told Joshua, who was going to lead the people in Moses's place. He said, no one will be able to stand against you as long as you live. I will be with you just as I was with Moses. I will not leave you or abandon you. Be strong and courageous for you will distribute the land. I swore to their fathers to give them as an inheritance. Above all, be strong and very courageous to observe carefully the whole instruction. My servant Moses commanded you do not turn from it to the right or to the left so that you will have success wherever you go. This book of instruction must not depart from your mouth. You are to meditate on it day and night so that you may carefully observe everything written in it. For then you will prosper and succeed in whatever you do. Haven't I commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Don't be afraid or discouraged for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. So the Lord installs Joshua in this leadership position in Moses position after Moses dies. And one of the first things that he does is he sends because they're right up there against the promised land. One of the first things he does is he sends two spies into the land, cross the Jordan, go into the land, spy it out, specifically the land in the city of Jericho. It was the first city they were going to come to. It was the one of greatest importance for what's going to happen next. It was large. It was a walled city and it was heavily fortified. So they make their way to Jericho. These two unnamed spies make their way to Jericho and they come to the house of Rahab, the prostitute, and it says they stayed there. I don't know if they're in disguise, not in disguise. They stay there at her house. Now, the Israelites had a pretty large group, didn't they? That had come out of Egypt. We could go to the count. It was hundreds of thousands of people. So when you have that many people heading in one direction and setting up camp not too far from your city, you get noticed, right? They're going to notice that people are pooling up around out there and we could go back. They've been in that area for a few decades now. So word has had time to get around about who these people are and who their God is and what has happened to those who have stood against him in the past. See Egypt. And so Jericho, having their own spies, had seen this big group setting up on the other side of the Jordan. And it also seemed that there were two men that came from there into their city and even zoned in on the fact that they had been to the house of Rahab, the prostitute. And so the king of Jericho sent a message to Rahab that said, bring them out. But Rahab had already taken them and hidden them on the roof of her home in piles of flax, which is like, hey, they would use it to make clothes. Right. So she hides them 
up there. And she tells them, the messengers from the king, she said, oh, those men, they were here. I didn't know who they were. Uh, They did leave, though. They left. They went out the city, out the gate, and went that direction. And so the men went in pursuit. And as soon as they were outside of the city, they closed the gate, closing the spies inside. And before the men fell asleep, Rahab went up to them on the roof. It's going to be a little bit of story time today, by the way, uh, with a couple of points at the end, because this is just such a big story. I can't uh, focus on just part of it. It's such a good one. And she told them, let's look at what she told them. In chapter two of Joshua, verse eight. So before the men fell asleep, she went up on the roof and said to them, I know that the Lord has given you this land and that the terror of you has fallen on us. And everyone who lives in the land is panicking because of you. For we have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea before you when you came out of Egypt and what you did to Sihon and Og, the two Amorite kings. You completely destroyed across the Jordan. When we heard this, we lost heart. Everyone's courage failed because of you. For the Lord your God is God in heaven above and on earth below. Now, please swear to me by the Lord that you will also show kindness to my father's family because I showed kindness to you. Give me a sure sign that you will spare the lives of my father, mother, brothers, sisters, and all who belong to them and save us from death. Now, when she said, I know that the Lord has given you this land, she just didn't say, I know that your God has given you this land. She called his name. She said, I know that Jehovah has given you this land. We've heard of his mighty works. Our courage has failed. Our hearts have melted because of you, his people, because your God is the Lord, the Lord God of heaven and earth. And she said, I've shown you kindness. Swear by him that you'll also be kind to me, that when you take the city, you won't kill me and my family. And they said, we swear it. We will swear to protect you and your family. And she let them down from the window. Her house was built up against the wall of Jericho. And she was able to let them down the wall on a rope, and what they told her was hang this scarlet cord the same way you did this rope to let us down. Hang this cord from your window, and when we take the city, we will not uh, take out you and your family. And then they ran from there, they hid in the hills for three days, and they returned to Joshua, reported back to him, told him about Rahab. He said, That's the way that it'll be. When it came time for them to cross the Jordan, they had a lot of people that had to cross a river and a lot of stuff that was going with them. And when they came to the river, the Lord, similar to what he had done at the Red Sea, stopped the flow of the water in their path as they were led out by the Ark of the Covenant, representing the presence of Almighty God The water was stopped. They crossed on dry land. Again, similar to that Red Sea moment, right? God was leading them in. And when they got on the other side 
essentially entering into the land of promise. They made a, a memorial there to honor the Lord and to remember that he did this and we didn't do this alone. And look what they said in chapter four and in verse 20, starting in verse 20 of chapter four. Then Joshua said to the Israelites in the future, when your children ask their fathers, what is the meaning of these stones? They took 12 stones out of the river Jordan and piled them up as a a memorial, one for each tribe of Israel. He said, when they ask, what is the meaning of these stones? You should tell your children, Israel crossed the Jordan on dry ground for the Lord, your God dried up the water of the Jordan before you and before you had crossed over just as the Lord your God did to the Red Sea, which he dried up before us until we had crossed over. This is so that all the peoples of the earth may know that the Lord's hand is mighty and so that you may always fear the Lord your God. Remember, this wasn't the generation that had come out of Egypt. This wasn't the generation that had seen the Red Sea Parted, they needed their own moment with the Lord. They needed to be brought into the land by the Lord's power and not by their own power. We see them renew their covenant between the people and with God. And then in chapter 5, verse 13, when Joshua was near Jericho, we're getting close. He looked up and saw a man standing in front of him with a drawn sword in his hand. Joshua approached him and asked, are you for us or for our enemies? Neither, he replied. I have now come as commander of the Lord's army. Then Joshua bowed with his face to the ground in worship and asked him, what does my Lord want to say to his servant? The commander of the Lord's army said to Joshua, remove the sandals from your feet for the place where you're standing is holy. And Joshua did that. So the commander of the Lord's army, we don't have time this morning. We cover these on Wednesday night when we do our Bible study. When we get there, we're going to talk about the commander of the Lord's army. But what he does is he gives Joshua instructions on how Jericho will be conquered, how Jericho will be defeated. And he tells him, I want you to march with all the men of war around the city, circle it one time a day for six days. Six days, march around the city one time, having seven priests with seven trumpets in front of the ark in the, you know, the presence of God leading them out. And then on the seventh day, so they've marched around it six days, one time a day. On the seventh day, I want you to march around it seven times. And on the seventh day, after you've been around it seven times, I want the seven priests with the seven trumpets to blow the trumpets, all the men will give a mighty shout and the wall will collapse and every man will advance straight ahead. And all the spoil, everything in the city, all the valuables belong to the Lord. Everything in the city will belong to the Lord. And they do exactly as they are told. And it happened just as he said that it would. In chapter 6 and verse 15, early on the seventh day, they started at dawn and marched around the city seven times in the same way. That was the only day they marched around the city seven times. And after the seventh time, the priest blew the trumpet. And Joshua said to the troops, shout for the Lord has given you the city. But the city and everything in it are set apart to the Lord 
for destruction. Only Rahab the prostitute and everyone with her in her house will live because she hid the messengers that we sent. But keep yourselves from the things set apart or you will be set apart for destruction. If you take any of those things, you will set If you take any of those things, you will set apart the camp of Israel for destruction and make trouble for it. For all the silver and the gold and the articles of bronze and iron are dedicated to the Lord and must go into the Lord's treasury because he's going to get the glory. Amen. He gets the treasure. He gets the glory because he's the one that's going to win the battle. So the troops shouted and the trumpet sounded. And when they heard the blast of the trumpet, the troops gave a great shout and the walls collapsed. And the troops advanced into the city, each man straight ahead, and they captured the city. Each man straight ahead. It happened just as they were told. That's the story of the Jericho walls coming down. Now, Hebrews 11 brings all these stories back up to us to teach us about faith. Because it said it was by faith that the walls of Jericho came down after they had marched around them for seven days. So what are we supposed to learn from this story? What, it's not, what we're not supposed to learn is that this is the way you win every battle. This is not the way you win every battle. If you read on their next battle, guess what they didn't do? March around it six times and then on the seventh time, shout real loud and everything be defeated. This is the only time... That you see that if that's what we were supposed to learn, then us and everybody in between that and us have missed something. Right. We've missed something because you never see it again. Like I said, the next battle was completely different. Jesus never got the disciples and said, all right, boys, here's what we're going to do. I want you all circle up. We're going to walk around this six times. And on the seventh time, we're going to shout and then the fig tree's going to die. Or on the seventh time, we're going to shout and then, you know, the man's going to be healed. It, it didn't happen again. It's neat, but it's not what we're supposed to learn. It's not, a, it's not a formula. It's about faith. Now, we can learn some things. We, we see unity in this. They're doing it together. We see faith. They, they're believing and doing what God commanded them to do. They're, they're obeying. There's obedience There it says, by faith, the walls of Jericho fell down after being marched around by the Israelites for seven days. So you see unity. You see faithful obedience. They shout the victory before the wall had fallen down. That's faith, right? You see some little neat things in there. You know, they marched around it uh, for six days, one time a day. Six is the number of man because that's the that's the day that man was created on. Seven is the number of God, the number of completion on the seventh day. God did it right. So we see some neat things in there. The overarching thing that we can learn here is that the Lord is the one that defeated Jericho, not the Israelites. The Lord is the one who defeated Jericho and not the Israelites, and he did it by himself. He was bringing them into the promised land by his own power and not by their own power. By his strength and not their strength. By his might and not their might. He said, I will be with you. I will not abandon you. I have given this land to you. 
Again, this was a new generation, one that didn't see him defeat the Egyptians, one that didn't see him hold back the the walls of the sea so the people could cross on dry ground. And if they had gotten to just go in on their own two feet, swimming across the river, and then with their swords taking Jericho, they would have thought more of themselves than they would have thought of the Lord. He was the one who was going to bring it about. And they needed these moments. They needed to see that he was trustworthy. They needed to see that he would fight for them. They needed to see that he would do what he said that he would do. And we need those moments in our life too. You you can't live on your grandmother's victories. You can't live on what the Lord did for her. You can hear about them. You can hear about her experience with the Lord. Grandpa's experience with the Lord. It can bless you. It can be a testimony to you. But you can't live off of that. You're going to need your own experience with the Lord for you to be able to take it to heart. Right? For you to be able to take it to heart that the Lord will fight for us. That this doesn't depend on me. This depends on him and how thankful I am for that. They were able to see that this victory, getting this land doesn't depend on us. It's dependent on him. Victory is the Lord's. And by faith, we listen to him when he says that and we trust in him. Now, I want you to see this one part. This is the part I told you all this just so I could get to this point. This whole part, so I could get to this point. In chapter 6, in verse 20, after the walls fall down, the troops shouted, the trumpets sounded. When they heard the blast of the trumpet, they gave a great shout, and the walls collapsed. This part right here. The troops advanced into the city, each man straight ahead. The troops advanced into the city, each man straight ahead, and they captured the city. Here's what I want you to see today. Here's what I want us to take away. One of the things to take away from this today, and then we're going to talk about Rahab because she was in the second part there in Hebrews 11. They stood together, circled up, all of them. We're all together. The Lord brings the wall down. And then each one of them stepped into the city in front of their own self. In front of themselves, each one stepped into the city. They were there by grace. They wouldn't have made it across the Jordan. They were there by grace. The walls wouldn't have come down. Anything they could have done. They were there by grace and by God's might. And then they took a step forward. Then they took a step forward. What if they had just sat back and said, watch the wall fall? I said, yay, the wall fell. That was awesome. Oh, What if they didn't take that step? What if they didn't go into the city that God had opened up for them? If they didn't take those steps into what God had opened up a few weeks ago at Overcomers, one of the speakers, whoever's speaking, Danny gives them the option to pick the song that's played uh, that night, the worship song that's played. Uh, I forgot what the song was, honestly, uh, maybe I'm going to see a victory. Maybe that's what it was. Uh, but it's a music video and it's a live performance. And the guy is speaking and he talked about 
the Jericho conquest. It was something I'd heard before, but it reminded me. People probably thought I was texting. I was taking notes. I was like, I want to catch this before it before it goes away, because I'd already been thinking towards this section of the scripture. And he said, when the wall fell, what was a wall became a ramp. What had held them out, they're now walking in on what had held them back. They're now walking over what had been their buffer to keep them from what God had promised them. The wall fell and became a ramp. But guess what? You still have to walk up the ramp. You still have to take your own steps up the ramp. Who got the spoil? Who got the treasure? The Lord gets all of that. He's getting all the glory. But I've got to be the one to take my steps into what he has opened up for me. And we see this with Jesus. Jesus, just like everything else in Hebrews 11, Jesus is our better Moses. Jesus is our better Abraham. Jesus is our better Jericho conquest that we had this city that we couldn't defeat. We had this enemy that we were not equipped to take on and the Lord fought for us. He took the wall down, the wall of separation that was between us and him. And it became a ramp that we could then step in front of ourselves to him. Amen. And it came down by grace. It's all based in grace. And that's what I'm stepping into is the grace that he has opened up. So again, we can circle up together just like they did. We can pray together. We can cry together. We can laugh together. We can teach one another. But we've each got to take our own step forward, don't we? We've each got to take our own step forward. Nobody else can take that step for you. They can circle up with you. They can shout with you. They they, they can help you. But you've got to step into that grace in front of your own self. What he sees, he shows us in Jericho is that he will fight for us and he will train us up so that we'll be stronger. Guess what? The next city, he didn't have to knock the wall down. They were able to, with God leading them, fighting for them, they won the victories. Not that next one. They got their butt whipped the next one because somebody disobeyed. We'll talk about that. Yeah. What did he say? He said, don't take any of it. You're going to set us up for destruction. Somebody took some of it, set them up for destruction. Taking God's glory, trying to steal God's glory from the victory that he had won doesn't work out very well. Not for them, not for us, but he will fight for us. We've got to walk on the walls that he has opened up. For them, they crossed the Red Sea. They crossed the Red Sea. They crossed the Jordan by grace. He brought the wall down by grace. He didn't have to do it, but he did. For us, he's brought that wall of separation down. He didn't have to do it, but he did. For them, they still had to step, each one, into that city that God has opened up. For us, we still have to step. Now, you're still stepping in. Where are you stepping? Into grace. I'm still walking in grace. I didn't, I didn't go from, well, it was grace, and now I'm in here on my own. No, I'm still stepping into the grace. It's a progression that he's taken me across the Jordan into the city. And from there, I'm maturing. I'm growing. It's still grace. I'm progressing further and further into the land. It's still grace because 
that's how I got in. That's how they got in. I also jotted this down in my notes that same night at Overcomers to try to help picture this a little bit better. He will, the Lord will carry us until we can stand. The Lord will carry us until we can stand. He will stand with us until we can walk. He will walk with us until we can run. And he will run with us until we can fly. Come on. And we have things in life that will knock us backwards into that first state again. He will carry me until I can stand. He will stand with me until I can walk. He will walk with me until I can run. And he will run with me until I can fly. And it's all grace. It's all grace. Every step I take, every day I mature, every little bit I grow, it's all rooted and based in the grace that he gave me to start with. But you see how they both happen at the same time. I'm st- I could step on my own and not do anything. But when he opens it up in grace and I step with him, then the next step is closer to me being able to run. And we've talked about that. The stronger you get, the more you can help somebody else. But he will carry you till you can stand. And he doesn't leave you. You don't go, oh, you can stand now, you're on your own. Mm-mm. He'll stand with you till you can walk. Walk with you until you can run and run with you until you can fly. Even if we have to go through those steps again. And we do. Amen. Rahab, the prostitute. It said that she... Let me flip back over there. It was really brief, but it's awesome that her name is in here. Her name shows up several places. Hebrews 11, 31. By faith, Rahab the prostitute welcomed the spies in peace and didn't perish with those who disobeyed or didn't die amongst the lawless. She didn't perish with the disobedient. Why? Because she had heard. She said, I've heard about the Lord your God. He is God of heaven and of earth. He defeated the Egyptians. He held back the Red Sea. He's marching on this land and he will take. What did she hear? That their God, Jehovah, is the Lord. And what did she say? Save me. When the city is destroyed, save me. When you bring this down, save me. And she saw that he was able to do it. I don't. Faith comes by hearing. She heard. And she believed what she heard. And she believed somehow that there was grace for her. Isn't that awesome? Rahab, the prostitute. Do we need to look that up in the Greek, in the Hebrew? Everybody familiar? You know, we know what that word means. She wasn't called that anymore when she was brought into the people of God. 
They saved her and her family. Think about that scarlet cord hanging out the window. Similar to the lamb's blood that was on the doorposts of the houses of the Israelites when they were in Egypt. That when they were due destruction, destruction passed over them because they had been marked by the blood. See that picture? Her and her family saved. Why? Because they heard. They heard and believed. They heard and they believed. And that's the same thing that we do. We hear this gospel, this good news that destruction is coming. Jehovah is God, the Lord. He's holy and righteous. Destruction is coming on you. But you can hang a cord out the window. You can mark yourself as one that won't be destroyed, but instead be saved. And we do it by the blood of Jesus Christ. Amen. On the doorpost of our heart, that scarlet cord reminding us, this is my, they had her hanging out the window that they had escaped from. They said, this will be your way of escape. And that cord runs all the way through the Old Testament into the New Testament, into the Gospels where we see Jesus do the work. And then Paul comes along to tell us about what he did. If we hear and believe, won't he do it for us like he did for her? You see God's great and glorious grace. When they crossed the Jordan, when he brought down the walls of Jericho, and then when he saved Rahab, the harlot, who lived in the enemy's camp. That's where I used to live. Who had sinned against God, just like all of us who were not worthy to stand before him, who were not worthy to be called amongst the people of God. But she was brought in. And if you look at the genealogies in the first of Matthew, there's a lady named Rahab in there. I don't know if it's the same one, but I think it is. And it's the genealogy leading up to Jesus. Her name mentioned with all of those that preceded his arrival into this world. So the grace is there. That's how we got here. But we don't just stand on the other side of the Jordan going, man, that was awesome. Look, he opened it up. Look out there. It's opened up. Woohoo! And still standing on the old side. What did they do? They stepped through. When he brought down the walls of Jericho, they could have stood there and just thought, oh, wow, that's really neat. Look, that just changed completely. You did that. What did, what did they do? They stepped into what he had opened up. And that's my encouragement to you is to understand it's by grace. He opened it up by grace. This life, this life with him that is the best life. He opened it up by grace. He invites us into it by grace. And yet we still take the next step in front of us. Not away from him, but with him into what he's doing. Amen. Amen. Before we, uh, this I think is where the crime part is going to start. Before we go, again, this is going to be the Woods family. There we go. I'm not going to do it. Give me strength. 
there last Sunday with us as residents of Camden. I'm not saying they won't be back because I think they're going to at least have to come back and see us every once in a while. Even though it's a long way. And they're probably going to require us to come see them half the time. Even things out. We get to see what the mitten looks like. You know, I, I want to read this over them. Uh, and I want us to, to pray over them and, and bless them as they get ready to, to launch out into what God has next for them. Amen. Um, this has been a, I was telling Abby, we're on our way up here this morning. I was like, this has been kind of a year of, of goodbyes where we've, where we've said goodbye to, to, to several people. And I've learned that that's what this life is. Uh, the, the, this Christian life, you, you get to walk with a lot of folks for a little while and a few folks for a long while. Uh, and it's just the way that it is. Uh, and God puts us in each other's path at, at just the right time for what we need in those moments. Amen. And I think uh, several of those who have been here have testified to that when they went out. They're like, I didn't get to be here long, but this is where I needed to be while I was here. You know, I needed to be with the body of Christ here. The Lord had something for me here. Uh, and we don't have time to go into the story of, I mean, Tyler and Hallie are from Michigan and they're in Camden, Arkansas. You know, if you ever doubt, you know, just say, God, you took us there and, and led us there and led us as you did that he will, he will never leave you and never forsake you. But I wanted to read what I read to start out with. I wanted to read this over y'all and uh, pray over you before we get ready to, to sing and then, and then go today. But it was the same lines in Joshua 1. It started in verse 7. Above all, be strong and very courageous to observe carefully the whole instruction delivered to you, commanded to you by my servant Moses. Everything you find in this word. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left so that you will have success wherever you go. This book of instruction must not depart from your mouth. You're to meditate on it day and night so that you may careful, carefully observe everything written in it. For then you will prosper and succeed in whatever you do. Haven't I commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged. And I want you to all take heart from this one. This verse nine, this is for all, it's his word. It's for all of us. Haven't I commanded you be strong and courageous. Don't be afraid or discouraged. Why? For the Lord, your God is with you wherever you go. Why would I be discouraged? Why would I be afraid if he is with me wherever I go, wherever I am? He's there. Wherever I've been, he's there. Wherever I'm going, he's there. We fear when we don't have the Lord God. But he said, I will not abandon you and I will be with you wherever you go.